Welcome to The Rank with John and Zach. I'm John. I'm Zach. We've been friends since Cub Scouts, and now 30 years later, we decided to start a podcast where we'll be ranking anything and everything. You know, the natural progression of events for millennials. You're probably wondering what credentials we have to rank anything. Well, we don't have any. If you disagree, <laughs> join the discussion at Twitter at, at the Rank Podcast, on our website at therankwithjohnandzack.com, or email us at therankwithjohnandzack at protonmail.com. You can also support us on Patreon at The Rank Podcast. And remember, please rate, review, and subscribe so we can keep this thing going. Anyway, enjoy the show. I swear my dog wakes up confused a lot of the time. You know, she'll be sleeping, and she has these vivid dreams, and she's barking, like, really loud and everything, and we'll wake her up gently, and she'll wake up and be like, what the? And just <laughs> you can see on her face, she's like, I don't know what's... Like, I'm, like, still in the dream or what? I hate that. You ever wake up and just feel like you're still in the dream? Oh, like, yeah. It's it. a it's a really bizarre feeling. Yeah. <laughs> Did that just happen? Yeah. You're like, what is even reality? Because it can be one of two things, right? It's either like really disappointing that it didn't happen. Yeah. Or like really concerning that it might have. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so you're either like, wait, hold on. Is everybody yeah. alive? What's yeah, happening? Exactly. Or you're I, uh, like, oh, that was awesome. It wasn't real. Fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't have good dreams. So I always wake up upset and like... I'll I'll get that thing where like my, I I like my heart rates I'll increase for like an hour after I've woken up and I'm like <laughs> okay that was a dream why am I upset that sounds uh, like a lot of fun to deal with man yeah one you. of the, I'm not even gonna um explain the dream but uh one of the worst ones I ever had included of all people believe it or not Kurt Schilling <laughs> that's and so this random and this was right around 2001, so I might have been having residual him pitching really well in the playoffs feelings. <laughs> but um, and also Kane of Kane and the Undertaker. What? Yeah, and part of the dream involved Kane's mask uh-huh. being like you know it was like his face in the dream, and it was made out of ice cream, and Kurt Schilling was taking bites out of it. What? Yeah. So that's that's that all. That is a bizarre about. dream. And like I woke up and it was I just I was so upset I was like what the fuck I mean I was just like wow and I unco- what is with the subconscious you know it comes up with these things and you're like what me what is wrong me stop <laughs> stop coming up with Kurt Schilling eating Kane's face me oh man that's that's really funny well so well today we're ranking Jason and the Argonauts the 1963 movie written by Jan Reed and Beverly Cross adapted from the poem The Argonautica by <laughs> Apollonius <laughs> and I, love which, it, I love that it's adapted from from ancient <laughs> Greek text <laughs> uh, and it was directed by Don Chaffee and starred Todd Armstrong and Na- Nancy Kovac Well just so everybody knows who hasn't listened uh every episode we're going to go through uh, movie summary, then we're going to give you the potent notables, then we're going to do an overview of the movie, which is like kind of talking about the movie from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, spoiler alert, I guess, if you don't know that this that we're going to spoil movies at the 11th episode, um, I sort of don't know what to tell you, but yes, we're going to spoil it. So um, watch with us or or watch beforehand is my my recommendation. But then after we're done with the movie overview, then we're going to go into the ranking um, where we rank the movie on 10 categories, uh, one to five, five being the best one being the worst. Um, trying to find out what the best action movie of all time is. 
So here we go into the um, movie here. Do we have any potent notables? Well, first, let's just discuss what we've already done. Oh, yes. So we've ranked Aliens, Cliffhanger, Central Intelligence, Bloodsport, The Mummy, Predator, Hero, Iron Man, Speed, and Bullet Train. Which, again, if you guys want to see the rankings, the, you can just go to our website, the rank, uh, with John and Zach .com. Um You can go to our Patreon page to see it also. But uh, so far, Aliens was number one for a long time. Mm. But Iron Man recently overtook it in Episode 8. Um, so Iron Man right now is, is, is the best action movie of all time, uh, as judged by us. And really, do you need anything else? Yeah. Um, but Jason the Argonauts was a, you know, it's going to be our first movie that we've ranked that came out before 1986. Yep. And it came out a lot before 1986. Yeah. 25 years before 1986. Sort of crazy to think that this movie is 60 years old. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm curious. I'm curious how it's going to hold up to today's standards. Um, I'm curious what the, uh, what our listener thinks, if it'll, <laughs> if it'll hold up. Um, Maybe someday we'll get a second listener. I don't. I I hope so. Really. I I, tr I try to provide them, but I don't think anyone who knows me is interested. <laughs> I'll I'll say like, oh, it's my podcast, and people will be like, hmm. <laughs> That'll be the end of that, and I'm like, okay, never mind. Maybe yeah. Somebody, someday, someday. Here's the summary of Jason and the Argonauts. Jason and the Argonauts follows Jason and his crew, the Argonauts, the Argonauts, on their journey to find the Golden Fleece aboard the mighty ship Argo, hence Argonauts. <laughs> With the help of the goddess Hera, Jason is seeking the Golden Fleece to bring back to his homeland as a gift to the people of Thessaly, who he hopes to liberate from the reign of the evil Polias. <laughs> Jason believes himself to be the rightful heir to the throne as Pelias took power by killing Jason's father and mother, whom he plans to avenge. All right, so let's move on to our uh, potent notables. Well, interestingly, you know, I always start with box office, but uh, I found it really difficult to find box office information on this movie. Yeah. What I do know is that it had a budget of $2.5 million. Mm -hmm. And what I found was that the theatrical rentals, quote unquote, totaled two point one million dollars. Okay. So I had to look up what that meant. And according to Wikipedia, so you know, I don't usually like to source Wikipedia, but mm -hmm. that's what I had to do here. It ref it refers to the distributor's share of the box office. Um, okay. Basically, what the distributor actually made, not what the movie made at the box office total. Um, but and they, they used this especially for older films, for box office boring for older films. Yeah. Um, so what I did repeatedly read was that this was considered a flop. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. So if the numbers are true, I'm guessing it was initially, but I'm absolutely positive that it has made its money back through home video distribution and streaming by now. Yeah. <laughs> one, one would hope over, you know, 60 years or whatever. Well, I mean, it's, it looks like it was only $400,000 short of recouping its budget. Just to begin with, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but basically it was just that it was a failure in the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, and that failure actually scuttled plans for a sequel. Um, oh. It was actually a really big hit in the U.K., Australia, and New Zealand. Well, you know, their uh, their taste is questionable. 
<laughs> well, we'll get into New Zealand and being a big hit in New Zealand. Um, oh, I think I know why, but but, yeah. but continue. Well, because Peter Jackson is yeah. a huge fan. Um, so after that, let's get into the biggest potent notable of all. Mm-hmm. Ready? This mm-hmm. is this is a big one. It was filmed in Italy and Great Bit Great Britain. <laughs> That's a, a good potent notable. Yeah. <laughs> so I. I I do I have actually, a kind of a little funny. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I actually assumed it was filmed just in California because there were a couple of shots that I was looking at. And I was like, that looks an awful lot like that, that deserty area right outside of L.A. where they shot a bunch of Star Trek episodes <laughs> because they can only afford to like drive down the street. And they were like, all right, this is an alien planet now. Um, <laughs> but, but I guess it was similar terrain probably in Italy. Yeah. So what's funny about this is that I wrote exactly this will lead right into the you know like was making a joke about Mm -hmm. this but then i did actually find a little bit more potent notable on Mm -hmm. on the location so it makes it a little bit better so the production did scout greece and yugoslavia the former yugoslavia um but greece was deemed too bleak and gray (laughs) and yugoslavia was too corrupt and that's how they (laughs) said it on italy Fair, fair enough i guess it feels like a you know the Goldilocks book. That um that kind of describes my life. Either too too bleak and gray or too corrupt, one or the other. <laughs> you gotta find the you know the you porch that is Italy, just yeah. right. So this was apparently Ray Harryhausen's favorite of the thirteen mm-hmm. films he worked on. Uh-huh. But this is some crazy stuff. So I I didn't know Ray Harryhausen before this really. Mm-hmm. So you you introduced me to him just in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's what's crazy. That the the final fight scene with the skeletons. Yeah. Which is really cool. Um, it took Ray Harryhausen four months to produce the skeleton scene, which wow. runs at most three minutes. <laughs> the live action work had been done a year before in Italy with the uh-huh. actors doing kind of like shadow boxing against imaginary opponents. Yeah, and Ray Harryhausen then had to animate seven skeletons, which with each one having five appendages, and that meant he had thirty-five different things to move for each frame of film. Mm-hmm. In addition, he had to make the skeletons' movements fit in with the actors' movements so that all ten could be seen like hacking away at each other with their swords. Yeah, and sometimes he only managed to do thirteen or fourteen frames a day, and movies are shown at twenty-four frames per second. Oh wow. <laughs> Which was about half a second of film in a day. As a result, it took you know four and a half months. Yeah, you can you can see why. Yeah, but excellently done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess cool. it's I guess it's worth the time. And uh, if if I had to sit there and do that, I would be like, I guess I'm getting a new line of work because this is too damn. Much. No shit, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I would have blown my freaking brains out. I definitely wouldn't have been like, this is my favorite one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then he's like, let's make more. Yeah, I'll do this for longer than you know. I'd be like, that's that. Now that that's finished, I am now done with movies, and possibly life. Yeah, no kidding. And and the previous Ray Harryhausen films were generally shown as like part of a double feature in B theaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but Columbia was able to book this film as a single feature in many A theaters in the United States, oh. which probably also led to it not getting a sequel since it didn't do well. Uh, you know, as I a single see. feature. Yeah. Um, now, apparently, John Kearney, who played Hylas, mm-hmm. and Nigel Green, who played Hercules, mm-hmm. uh, did not get along. 
factory. Really? They did, yeah, they did not they're, like each other. They're supposed to be buddies. I know. So that's what's funny about it. But listen, but here's what's here. This gets really interesting. So Nigel Green, Hercules, accused Kearney, Hylas, of being too effeminate. <laughs> Which, when I watched, I did. I read that before I watched it, and watching, I'm like, oh, okay, let's eh, see what he's saying. Yeah. You know. <laughs> um. So, interestingly, the last scene that they filmed together was the scene where they enter the treasure chamber of Talos. Mm-hmm. Right. The lighting they used to give the treasure its sparkling effect was very bright, and the following day, the actors began losing their vision. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, both were temporarily blinded and were hospitalized. <laughs> they ended up having to share a room together with both of them having their eyes bandaged. And I just... smell a sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> but during the time that they were hospitalized, they got to know each other and realized that like they had a lot in common. Um, <laughs> okay, good. And apparently that did the trick for them. They became, they became close, lifelong friends. friends. So the entirety of the movie and all the filming that we see, they don't like each other. Yeah. But then after everything is done, they become really close friends. You know, it took losing their sight for them to see. <laughs> to really see each other. It just, it just, it, it, it touches you. Oh, man, I smell sitcom. 83 and yeah. new productions, here we come. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, d- 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 uh, four and a half eyes. I don't know. <laughs> four and a half eyes. I got nothing. I guess it would, maybe it would be, it would be a whole five, actually, maybe. Full <laughs> five eyes. Um, but no, uh, I you worried me there for a minute because uh, I really love their their little relationship in the movie, and I was like, oh no, never meet your heroes. They didn't like each other, but they it all worked out in the end. Yeah, thank thanks to really possibly you know unethical movie making techniques. <laughs> right, right. Well, you know what's funny about that is because of course I hadn't watched it. Um, at, at the point when I'm reading this and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, they don't like each other. But now, when after I watched it, I'm like, that's funny because like, he liked him so much that he was like, no, I'm not leaving until I yeah. find his body. Uh, exactly. So, I was, um, he depressed me there for a second. <laughs> Their little relationship was like one of my favorite parts of the movie as a kid. I, f- I found it very touching. So, excellent acting on their part, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, so the character of Jason, as played uh-huh. by Todd Armstrong, was actually revoiced by British actor Tim Turner. Really? So it's not so his voice. It's dubbed. It's not. It's not Todd Armstrong's voice. Turner's voice is well known as the narrator of the '60s Rank series. Oh, Rank. Yeah. Look at life. Um, I think he was we also should, the. Go we should. We should sue. Yeah, I agree. I think that we, would go well because we definitely we, came first six years we, ago. We can also sue Rankin Bass while we're at it. <laughs> Great. Let's do that. <laughs> Every everyone loves someone who sues beloved, you know, Hollywood. Uh, I mean, holiday children's classics. Anyway, <laughs> he was also the narrator of trailers of many British films in the fifties, sixties, and seventies, including the one for this movie. <laughs> why did why hilarious? Why did they replace poor Todd Armstrong? So, or his voice, not even replace him. Well, so I read this and I thought this is silly and kind of crazy. Like, why, why replace his voice? You know, it's mm-hmm. weird. And then I continued reading about this movie, and then suddenly there was a throwaway sentence that said Nancy Kovac was dubbed by a British actress, Eva Haddon. <laughs> okay. And then I continue on, and John Crawford, who played, I don't know, one, I can't say the name, uh, one of the Greek guys, yeah. was also dubbed by a British actor. 
Okay. So, was this movie filmed in English or? Yeah. So why did they hire any American actors? I'm, you know? I'm, I'm a bit confused. Oh, Polly Deuces is who. Polly Deuces, yeah. I, I was not even going to try it. Although it, it, it actually, when you said it, I'm like, oh, that does look exactly like that. It's spelled like it sounds. Yep. Um, so, yeah. I'm like, why not just hire British actors then? Yeah, for real. Um, um, were they American? I guess they ran out after Hylas and Hercules. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, that was all the actors in Britain. They had no more left. <laughs> yeah. R- Richard Harris hadn't been or hadn't been around yet. He wasn't created yet. He was. He's actually an android. I didn't know. I don't know why I went with Richard Harris. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, some more potent notables here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the production actually ran out of food at one point. Oh, and really? all was, all that was left was uh, cornflakes and spaghetti. <laughs> Wait, hold on. So you're telling me that their favorite breakfast cereal was cornflakes, and you're telling me that their favorite would... use of pasta was eating spaghetti? Right. It's well, all. Coming, it's all. I would up. think actually that they would probably say that they hate cornflakes and spaghetti yeah, now. It's but... the only thing that they could eat. Especially they had to eat it together. Nobody knew why it was. They were forced to do this. But... Um. So the Argo was built over a fishing boat and powered by three large Mercedes engines that cost roughly 10% of the film's budget. I was actually kind of wondering how they built that, and that seems like the dumbest way to do it, but okay. Yeah, yeah. they (laughs) sold the ship to 20th Century Fox after filming, and it was used in Cleopatra. Oh, well, I guess maybe they recouped some of their weird losses. I don't, I don't, I guess I get why it had to be powered, but why'd they need three engines? Because it was so big? I have no idea, man. It's a bizarre one to me. Um, you know, they, I guess it was well after this, but they built, I think in the 80s, some researchers built a, like a trireme based on old Greek plans and everything, and it came out perfectly. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. But I guess that was well before this, and they would have had to really row it. So right. I, guess probably, I think <laughs> so that was probably why, yeah. Um, and so, you know, while... Ray Harryhausen is best known for his effects work. He actually did conceive this film, mm-hmm. and he helped shape many of its creative choices beyond the stop motion animation. There you go. I think and, I thought I think I thought he was the director when I was a kid, <laughs> but regardless, of, you know, he's, he was my favorite filmmaker maybe for a while. Um, so it kind of is. If you ask me, these movies are kind of his movie. You know, movies. I think that's how people view them now. Yeah, you know, yeah. um, but the. Uh, the Harryhausen and Schneer collaborations, which mm. Schneer was one of the producers, were all director for hire gigs as the mm. films were worked out top to bottom by the pair before yeah. handing over directing duties to someone capable of following their instructions. <laughs> um, so they were basically the marvel of their day. Okay. <laughs> Everybody just has to adhere to the house style. Yep. So Peter Jackson is a huge Ray Harryhausen fan, as we hinted to earlier. Uh, He even has more than 100 Harryhausen figures and props. Um, Also, Peter Jackson had... this is I just thought this was really funny. Peter Jackson had a copy of the... He he claims he had a copy of Harryhausen's book, the film Fantasy Scrapbook. Mm -hmm. But he didn't own it. He just kept borrowing the library's sole <laughs> copy again and again for years. So basically no one else was able to read it. Okay. That's that's a weird weird power play, but okay. all right. Right. Uh, Peter Jackson. 
one of the uh, like one of his friends, I guess, was just like, yeah, that's why nobody does stop stop motion animation in New Zealand. <laughs> he deprived all of the an entire generation of the knowledge <laughs> necessary. He's like, only me. I can't do a New Zealand accent, but so and I don't know. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna try to do a New Zealand accent. But let's move on. Well, so I don't know if you've heard this. Maybe you've you've already heard this. Um, and probably people that are listening to this, especially by the time you listen to it, they will have already heard this. But yeah. I'm going to call it breaking news. Mm -hmm. uh, Peter Jackson actually announced that he's going to be making a six-part movie series, which is going to be at like at a minimum of 18 hours total, of course, um, of of Harryhausen's life. Really? Um, and this apparently all started because Peter was in a meeting at his offices, and this idea was suggested to him by none other than John Long. <laughs> How how did you get me? How did how did you do that? Because you had me going. I'm like, hmm, I wonder who actually did this. And you got me somehow. <laughs> you, you you snuck it in, and you just it was like a one-two punch, and I'm out for the count. I got nothing. <laughs> it was as though uh, Frank Dukes came in, and and, and yeah, exactly. Actually, Frank Dukes was who uh, proposed this joke to me. So, oh well, I can't take the credit. Um, <laughs> no one can take the credit when Frank Dukes is involved. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Only Frank Dukes. Um. So anyway, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I snuck it in there. Um, <laughs> it was like long and involved. <laughs> like goddamn, like you're citing sources and shit just to just to sneak in John Long. John Long would be thrilled though, and I know. He always intended. It was always his uh, original idea to do that, but right, exactly. So here's a fun little word etymology notable for oh. you. The giant Talos, whose only mm -hmm. vulnerability was in his heel, was a mm -hmm. mythological creature who protected the island of Crete from enemy ships. Right, mm. but his name has shown up through the centuries, from the Latin word for ankle, talus; mm -hmm. French mm -hmm. for heel, le talon. And the English word for claw, talon. Huh, where'd claw come from? What? Where'd, where'd claw, how'd that fit in there? What, why are you wrecking my notable here? <laughs> it just feels, feels like a stretch. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to <laughs> ruin the podcast. We just end it now, I guess. Yeah, no, okay. All right, goodbye, everybody. Um, <laughs> Zach ruined it. <laughs> Um, so but, anyway, that, that makes perfect sense that that Talon comes from that. So let's move on. <laughs> well, it's all feet related. I guess so. Yeah, kind of neat. That's true. Um, I love that. Um, according to a comment by Harryhausen, mm -hmm. there was a reason for ending the film where they did. In the original myth, Medea, Medea, or Medea, was it Medea? Uh, I think I think either is okay. Well, anyway, anyway, she was a <laughs> well, she was a full fledged witch. Oh, and yeah. after Jason retrieved the fleece, Medea, Medea, whatever, was abandoned by Jason on the next beach where the Argo stopped. <laughs> He's like, bye. <laughs> yeah. So Harryhausen stated that if the, this part of the tale was included in the film, the audience would lose all sympathy for Jason. Well, yeah. <laughs> Greek myths are so weird. Just, and, and, and then we left her to die because <laughs> no particular reason. Didn't like her. We were done with her, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Oh, and actually, Talos, I got another quote notable for that one. The actual, and this will be the last one, the actual puppet for Talos is mm. roughly 14 inches tall. Oh, wow. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I, I thought it was a neat one. I, I guess 
save it for later, maybe. But I think I think that's a really great little figure. Yeah, I agree. Like like maybe the best one in this one, if you ask me. But anyway, that would be a really cool replica to have a 14 inch tall Talos. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Peter Jackson has that one. Um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna borrow it from him and then keep borrowing it so no, nobody else can borrow it. Yeah. Um, so we move into the, uh, the overview now. Mm. So, I mean, feel free to jump in anytime with anything you've got. But the first thing I've got is I, I'm watching it and he's like, he goes up to the, the guy in the very beginning and, you know, he's finding out the future through this guy's reading the future in ash for some mm. reason. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then he's like, yeah, so, um, Zeus says, you're going to have this, you're going to get Thessaly. Mm-hmm. And he's like, great. So I just won't use my sword. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. Didn't really follow, but I know I'm like, that's awful confident to just not bring your sword. Oh, never mind then. Um, and I was I was literally writing that, and right as I wrote it, it, it was when he grabbed it back up. Yeah, he's, oh, and I was wait. like, okay, that's a better choice. I guess I do need it. But the reason for it is kind of like, dude, really? Yeah. Like, oh well, I have to kill these children. Yeah. <laughs> oh, never mind. I won't bring the sword. Nope. Got to kill some babies. Yep. <laughs> um, bring you wouldn't think the gods would be like, you know, so enamored with a guy that's, uh, you know, not so great. Yeah. Zeus is like, you can have Thessaly. Murder babies? Man, that actually yeah. doesn't bother me that much. Yeah. Just murder them outside the temple, I guess. You'd think that he would have changed his mind after that thought process. No, it looks like Zeus doesn't really change his mind, actually. It looks like he decides <laughs> something and then forgets about it, I think. <laughs> um, you can have that, sure. I'm going to go over here now. Lays. Lounge about Mount Olympus. Speaking of which, I like Mount Olympus in this movie. Um, yeah, I, I do too, nice, actually. Nice little set, and I like the gods like hanging out like casually. I, yeah. I like I like casual depictions of Greek gods. They're just like ooh, eating grapes off the vine, you know. Yeah, having a good time, playing I guess chess with our lives. <laughs> yeah, I know. I thought that was interesting. That part of it was like, oh, they're just this is all a game. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Thanks, gods. <laughs> but uh, I thought it was interesting. Then they go to the battle for Thessaly, right? Mm-hmm. And. You know, they're showing the fire and everything. And I get it. We have 1963 effects here. I'm not, yeah. I'm not bashing the effects when I say this, but I did think it was odd that everything was made of stone um, <laughs> and on fire, except for this, they were firing uh, arrows yeah. that had fire on the end of it. And there's just one thatched building in this whole city <laughs> that catches on fire from the arrows. It's the only time we see anything thatched. I'm imagining the one guy who lives in the thatched building. Only thatched building around. Everything else is surrounded. It's all marble and stone and everything. And every lat, you know, the archers, we shoot to the archers, and they all have their, their bows drawn with the fire arrows, and then they, they loose the arrows, fire arrows flying through the air. Guy walks out of his thatched hut just then, looks up. <laughs> all of the fi- every last arrow that's on fire lands in his thatched roof. And he goes, it's like, I'm a bitch. Yeah, it's like a hero with the school there, the calligraphy like, school. Yep, he's like, really? Gods? And they're like, mm, really? Well, you're the one who built the thatched house. Yeah, in the middle. You could have had any of these other fucking... Everyone else is like, we're going to build in stone. He's like, thatch is good enough for me. You shouldn't have been so cheap, dude. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> so then we yeah, we're Helias, <laughs> right? And he's yeah. deciding to uh to that he's gonna kill every innocent thing. Yeah. Um and this actually happens a lot in this movie where we have close-ups of very serious looking faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, Goliath just them. happened to be the first one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's very serious. Was I think this was the point where I was thinking, I said out loud, I could do with one fewer shots of his face looking like, Bruh. yeah, exactly. And I, I felt that way kind of consistently throughout the movie. I'm like, oh, I don't know that I need to see the, yeah, face so much. We don't need um, the close up. Yeah, the extreme close up of person. But I, I also like that the face that they're showing is him being like, just epically confused <laughs> at like, like I imagined his thought was, I had no idea the gods would, the gods wouldn't want me to kill babies. What the <laughs> hell? Come on, gods! You're giving me mixed signals here. Yeah, it's, um, his face is like. Have you ever seen the John Cena face when? I think Shawn Michaels kicks uh, Triple H unexpectedly, and John Cena's face is like so comically confused. His eyes are like searching back and forth. Just, oh, just he's done I haven't it. seen that. That sounds amazing, though. Well, that's my imagination. John Cena's acting has always been fantastic. <laughs> well, and actually, it's, you're supposed to like really play to the cheap seats like that in wrestling. But yeah, yeah, it's overacting in wrestling for sure. Yep. Um. So then, you know, now Hera's been like, I need to help. Because um, like, they were like, oh, did, did Hera hear her uh, her prayers or whatever? And then mm-hmm. this random person that disappears is like, yep, she sure did. <laughs> and he's like, darn it. So then Hera's like, well, how many times, you know, they, Zeus asked her, how many times did uh, she call for you, reach out to you or whatever? And she's like, five. He's like, that's how many times you can help Jason. And the first time she helps him is to get him to save the guy he's trying to kill. Yeah, it's 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 a strange bit of of 4D chess that she's playing, but whatever. Yeah, I I didn't understand that. And then so of course Pelias is like who could have just died there. You know? Yeah. Um then that's when he sees that this guy is the one sandaled man. Mm. And it's like okay, but you could have just killed him. End of movie. I, yeah. Well, I know Hera t- tells Polias, if you kill Jason, you will be killing yourself. But it's never expanded right. upon. Like, she right. never explains how that happens, like, how that works. So he's just like, well, I guess I can't kill him. Better send him on this elaborate quest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And hopefully he dies on the way. Yeah, but then I guess I won't have killed him, so I won't be killing myself. I don't know. It's not really, just, it's not really explained. <laughs> and then, uh, so, I, I was... I couldn't help but notice some of the props. Yeah. The fake beards. <laughs> yeah. Were not very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the old guy they show, who I guess ends up being Hermes, is um, it, it's like so, like his eyebrows are so absurdly huge and gray. Yeah, yeah. I just was like, what? And then I don't know why, but Jason, he like, he swims, he saves Pelias, and then you know, somehow since he's like, he's has some kind of money, right? Yeah. I don't really understand how he is like popular in any fashion, but I'm sure it's more in like, if you read this actual story, Yeah. but, um, and then 
we cut to him later and he, he's just like wearing a burlap sack that's like way too short. <laughs> I was really confused by that. Jason's costumes in the movie actually change every so often and it's it's always a bit confusing. It's breaking too. Yeah. It's not like he's either like super rich costumes or like yeah. or he's, or he's, he's like you said he's, he's in a potato bag, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's it's a little strange, I'm not really sure. I was watching this part and I was like Man, the man with one sandal. What are they like ripping off the fugitive? You know, the man with the one arm. And yeah, I was like ripping off the fugitive. Yeah. Ripping off the fugitive. I don't think they ripped him off exactly. It might be the way the other way around, but maybe. Yeah. Um, so it, it's interesting because it. Uh, I was noticing as we we're as I was watching this with the effects, right? It felt mm-hmm. like. And this is not me bashing the effects, by the way, because you know it's 1963. I understand that it can't be today's effects mm-hmm. but it felt like i was watching a magician trying to fool me with an illusion mm-hmm. rather than a special effect you yeah. know what i mean yeah i get i get what you're saying yeah so it, didn't, it didn't take me out of it or anything it just it was just sort of an interesting i thought it was an interesting thought um because they're they're more trying to use tricks than just building something different like mm-hmm. they do now yeah i thought it was an interesting um yeah you kind of get that sense from older movies like, you know, around this time and before where they really need to use trickery in order to make it look like right. something's happening. Cause I mean, it's just not possible. So, which is really clever and cool. Yeah. You know? like, I'm not, I, I, I'm in no way bashing it. You know, I, and we'll get into it when we talk about the rank. I, I think I have a definite opinion on what's better, mm-hmm. you know, but um, it's still anyway. So, um, just this is a sort of a potent notable thing, and I just I didn't put it in the potent notables, and then I noticed them mm-hmm. um, when they were doing it. But the shot putt thrower, you know, yeah, that's actually the stunt coordinator. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. Just thought it was interesting. Um, um I, I, maybe he was the only one who knew how to do a shot putt. I know I don't know how to do it. I also really enjoyed. There's some acting moments in here that I. I really, I really enjoyed. Um, like when Jason says to Hercules, no one, I know you can beat us all. Your mm-hmm. place is reserved. Yeah. <laughs> Very like, wow. Okay. It's a bit theatrical, maybe. <laughs> and Yeah. And then we see Hylas a little bit after that. And I immediately, I was like, I see what Hercules, the, the Hercules actor meant when he said that Hylas was a feminine. <laughs> well, it's funny because my, uh, my spouse who sees gay romances everywhere, <laughs> just walking down the street, just gay romances. Um, when, when Hercules was, you know, I, I cannot leave till I find Hylas and Hudson's like, mm-hmm. you know why? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do. I, I watching it as an adult, you know, it is kind of a, yeah. kind of a, kind of a Greek relationship. You know what I mean? It did seem that way. Yeah. Um. But I loved the effects of the discus. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Not not the best one. <laughs> no, no, not great. I loved <laughs> that they showed the discus like it was like wobbling. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> like, the sound the sound effect of it hitting the rock was also like, really really exaggerated. It's like okay, and I think I think the thing was made out of clay, but all right. <laughs> you say so. Yep. <laughs> uh, and then I loved that that was like 
Hylas is so smart, he skipped the discus. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. It works for me. I thought it, I thought no, it. I didn't. It didn't bother me really. I just I I thought that there. I was I was actually thinking. I'm like, how are they gonna outsmart him with the discus? And I was like, oh, all right. Yeah. All right, but I still. So here's my thinking on that. I don't know that you could skip something further than you could throw it. I kind of wonder that too. So. I don't really. I mean, you're losing momentum when you skip it. Yeah. So, I just anyway. Then so then you know he goes to the ship and they, you know apparently oh. Hero should have been in the front and. No, oh, go but, ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but no, I was just wanted speaking of uh, what I mentioned before with with my my spouse. What I realized watching this now that my favorite scene when I was a kid, and I used to watch this movie a lot when I was a kid, all of the Harryhausen ones. But my favorite scene was always when they were picking the Argonauts, this little this little competition scene. And I was surprised. Oh, yeah. how, I was surprised at how short that scene is. I, I, it's actually not long at all. But um, I love like meeting the the team scenes in general. I believe back when we did Aliens, I mentioned that like one of my favorite scenes is when the Marines wake up and we meet them all. Right. But I think that there was an an extra aspect to why this scene was my favorite scene, and I did not realize this when I was, like, nine. Okay. It's just a lot of burly, burly guys. I was wondering if that was where you were headed. I, I didn't <laughs> want to, like, like, fill it in for you. But I... Yeah, it was. it's kind of similar to, to, to your... Well, never mind. But it's kind of similar to when, like, you see, you, see, you see things as a kid, and you go, I'm interested in this, and I don't know why. Right, right. Tell me more. So then, like, they're on the ship and everything, and I'm like, is Jason the only one that can see Hero's eyes moving? Yeah, I know. It seems kind of obvious to me. But yeah. That's a, there's another effect, actually, that I think... And it's not really much of an effect. They just made the eyelids out of, out of cloth and unrolled yeah. them up. But that... I don't know. It, a lot of the effects in this um, are unrealistic in a way that works for me because it's so... It, like, is kind of fantastical. Yeah, like there's an unreality to it that kind of works because like as though like the magical aspects of it make it seem less real in the moment. But, you know, like how reality might get kind of funky when people use magic around you, you know? Right. Well, you know, and the thing is, is that I didn't have a problem with the effect. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I thought the effect was was decent, you know, her opening her eye. But I'm just like, nobody else is seeing this. Yeah, <laughs> you know? except when Ar- uh, Argus looks over at one point and he's like, why is Jason just staring at that fucking thing? Right. And so then I'm thinking like, oh, so maybe nobody else can see it. Mm-hmm. But then later in the movie, he brings them up. He and, them, yeah. and I'm like, OK, so they could have seen it. They all just were ignorant of this giant statue. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, Which we're explicitly told is in a bizarre place that you think they might know. <laughs> right. Exactly. Why is Hera, Hera up there? Mm-hmm. Like, why are her eyes moving? That's bizarre. Um, why, is, why is Hera up there? <laughs> let's let's move on. That's so good. That is so good. I love it. I um, think the, the world might disagree, but let's move on. Um, so I wrote this. I'm like, they needed a drummer for the voyage? <laughs> they do later explain, like, drum the beat of the, you know... <laughs> rowing or whatever this is the finest ship ever built it's outfitted with with three decks 50 oars and a jazz band <laughs> and the drums 
I just I love that they never really explained it. They just showed him drumming. Yeah. And then, I mean, I figured it was. I mean, I I've assumed that it was for the Strokes. Yeah. Right. But I like that the only time that they address it in the movie, which is later on, um, is like, okay, drum the you know the Strokes or whatever, and he's just like not paying attention and drumming it really like awkwardly because he's yeah. staring at the rocks falling and everything. Yeah. I just thought that was kind of funny. No, that was, um, that, was, that was like when the, 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 he's experimenting with like free jazz, you know, he's like doing like 12, nine time or something like that. Right. They're like, this is not, this is atonal, like world music. We don't need this. I always have a drummer drumming out the beat whenever I'm doing anything rhythmical and regular. Don't you? Yeah. I, I, Obviously, I, 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 do that. I, a, I have a guy with like big primitive drums too, is the thing. And he's just boom, boom. It's like they're summoning King Kong. Yeah. Which really, when you think about it, you are. Well, right. Well, and the problem that I have, and I always think about this for my drummer, is mm-hmm. who's drumming his life? <laughs> life is nothing but a series of drummers. And we're, all, we're all connected eventually by who drums for whom, you know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. I have sometimes, a, so, sometimes it's what? No, no, go, go. I was not going to say anything important. <laughs> no, neither was I. I was just going to say my drummer is actually the drummer from this movie. He's still out, he's still going strong. Wow, good for him. He's immortal. He's, um, um, he's, he's actually a god. Oh, mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. Zeus. That's how much we care about Zeus anymore. He has to drum for you. Yeah, remember, um, we'll get to that part, but that fun part where he's like, oh, those people are going to forget about me eventually, but at least he'll have a gig as drumming for my regular rhythmic motions. Yep. By which I mean which doing pu- Yeah, by which I mean doing push-ups, people. <laughs> what are you guys thinking? And my rowing machine. I'm in such good shape. You know, it's funny. I thought of dancing until you Oh really? <laughs> Why well, you like to dance? So I, I do like to dance. Well for dancing motions. for dancing I do have my jazz trio though, you know? Yeah. So everybody's really thirsty. They kinda <laughs> right. And, and it's all that drumming, I gotta tell you. Yeah. Well, I, I enjoyed the idea that like let's turn around and go to this other island that's five days away. Yeah, I'm like, uh, I get, I get the premise. Like, at least you'll have something, but like you're gonna be dead. So yeah. So then it is funny that this didn't become a concern until they had like less than a day's water left. <laughs> less than a day, like a drop of water. Yeah. Left. Oh shit! Maybe we should have gotten some more water. We're all gonna die imminently. Yeah. Oop. Logistical planning, not the best idea. We forgot water, though we did bring the jazz trio. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting, too, because now Jason is talking to Hero, right? They need help. And um, and this is one where Hero's like, I knew you would need help at this point, right? Mm-hmm. And so he's asking, like, how many times she's helped or how whatever the number is. And so she's like, oh, no, this isn't the first one because I helped you meet Polias. Yeah, I helped and knocked him off the horse and everything. And I'm like, is that, again, I still don't see how that's helpful. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I feel like Jason was the same way. I was like, how'd that fucking help me? And, you know? and he didn't ask for that one. You know what I mean? Yeah. She just did it. And he's like, well, thanks for doing that stupid thing that now. Yeah. Thanks for wasting one of my five. Exactly. Imagine if you, if you rubbed the magic lamp and the genie's like, all right, well, I already used one of your wishes. Yeah. I did this one for you. I made, you, I made you a, a, a boat. Yeah. Well, thanks. I didn't ask for that, but neat. I, I also, I, this is, you know, now they're going to Bronze Island, I think they called it. Yeah. 
And um, I actually really enjoyed the way they showed the scale of the statues. Oh, I know. Isn't it cool? And, uh, I thought it was really cool. Yeah. That's that's that, that's that good bit of, uh, like you were saying, like with the trickery with the effects. Just right. Like, I, I don't know if it's forced perspective or just something or some other kind of thing, but um, it it looks kind of really epic in a cool way. So I don't think it would be forced perspective because I don't. They weren't actually. They didn't have them. Actually, maybe it is. Maybe it is forced perspective, but I think that it was added in to the frames. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, you're, you're probably so, right. I know they uh, used to be able to paint on the actual film, right? Know, something like that. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure about that particular scene, but I believe that's probably something along those lines. Um, but then we get to some more close up on crazy faces, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like when Hercules is gonna open the door. Mm-hmm. And he like blows into his hands for like a power up or something. <laughs> like hyped himself up by going. <laughs> yep, he's he's Hulk Hogan suddenly. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then it's like so clear that he had to act like the door was heavy, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, so of course Hercules does a stupid thing, grabs mm. grabs the you know the needle. <laughs> yeah. The brooch pin. I mean, like really? <laughs> Couldn't think of anything that was like, and they. I just can't imagine that Hercules, like this, uh, you know, the epitome of manliness and Greek mm-hmm. history, is just like oh, I really like this brooch pin. This big brooch pin. I I need this for my collection. It's really pretty. Meanwhile, it's Hylas who's too effeminate, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and also, like, it's such a stupid thing to just be like, well, I'm taking this anyway. It's like you know, okay. I think we already have spears, like we've established. I know. I thought it was plenty of those. That part of it was very like, why is this happening? I would, I would almost understand it more if it was like, but this would make me rich. Yeah, that's true. But you can't do that with Hercules because you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's weird to me. Anyway, so then you know he has to ask Kira for another of her favors, and she like Mm -hmm. doesn't want to, and but apparently since he asked twice, she has to. Yeah, I Um, love her being like, "Are you sure you want to?" And he's like, "Yes, we're getting killed, you dinkus." <laughs> like, what do you what do you want from me? You you realize that I'm asking like a half version of you, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I'm dying. I'm like floating in the sea, like about to drown. <laughs> and you're all, are you sure you want to use one of your wishes? <laughs> um, just, just think of, just think hard, and get, you'll get yourself out of it. And then apparently, it's like the easiest weakness to defeat ever. Yeah. Is just un- just to un- open the thing on his heel, and then yeah, hot exactly. heel will come pouring out. He'll, yeah, he'll, he'll leak to death. <laughs> and that leaking apparently makes him crack. Yeah. And then he falls on, like, what was Hylas thinking? <laughs> Not the brightest moment that anyone has ever I'm really, he, I'm going to prove that I should be on here by outwitting everybody. Yeah. Huh? And gonna, this big <laughs> thing's falling? Yeah, and I'm going to miss time. Like, you know. And also, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 fi- I find it I found it at least emotionally effective when I was a kid, but um, yeah. it's maybe a little clumsier in in as a, in adulthood. Yeah, it was. I was, and like I get that they're making Hercules and him be friends, but I didn't actually get their friendship that much. I mean, I got I I was okay with them being friends, you know, like not. I, mean, I was okay with the relationship, but I didn't think it was that strong of a relationship that he needed to stay. But I also I get that. It was like he felt like it was his fault. So I guess there's that too that Hercules yeah. did. Um, but uh, 
I couldn't help it, so I'm, you know, I'm watching this movie, and I sort of kept forgetting that these actors were dubbed. Yeah. You know, well, so I, it made me... Go ahead. I was going to say, I didn't know, so... Like, yeah. I never noticed. Well, it made me think of Bloodsport, because of that one guy that's clearly speaking English and then is dubbed over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, God, how bad was that production of Bloodsport? <laughs> you, you sort of get, like, filming on location in the 60s or something might have been. Right. But ran into some problems, and they're... But Bloodsport, like, you, you feel like you could have found a, a better actor. But whatever. <laughs> or, um, that, or that freaking kid from Bloodsport who played him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that, the so worst. Bad. Anyway. <laughs> I love so, those. Um, now, so now we're, you know, she tells him to go meet the blind guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they go and sail and meet this blind guy who, I got to be honest with you, is not very effective at convincing me he was blind. No, he was, he was not. And also, like for me, he's like, the gods have commanded me to tell you whatever you need to know, but I'm not going to. I mean, yeah, right. All right. No yeah. wonder they blinded you, you know? Yeah, and also, like, that was a crazy punishment he had. Like, that really sucks. Yeah. Here's a smorgasbord of food, except uh, these winged creatures are going to come and steal it from you. Um, and so then, you know, the, they make that deal, and all of a sudden, they have, like, a whole supply of netting. Mm-hmm. They cover yeah. an entire like acropolis with netting. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, like I was actually wondering, did they have that to begin with, or did they like n- weave it really fast? <laughs> because that was just later that day. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and if you had that to begin with, why don't you just like trip Talos with it? Yeah. You'd... The, the the planning for some of this voyage is not necessarily the best. <laughs> sort of, he sort of forgets about the logistical things about they didn't bring enough water, but they did bring a really really big net just in case. <laughs> just in case. <laughs> um, and then you know now they've they've trapped those things and they've mm. got them. Go build a cage. Yeah, <laughs> you got a giant net, but you need to build the cage. Um, so. They build the cage, they get those things in them, and then he, and then they're like, you know, now they'll have to eat your scraps. Mm. And then he, like, throws them a bone or something? I don't yeah. I even understand what he threw them, and then they start eating. And then Jason says, good appetite! And then everybody cracks up. <laughs> like, it wasn't that funny, but, you know. Um, Jason? They're really starved for, for humor on this voyage, it would Apparently. seem. Apparently. <laughs> Oh, and this is also the part where they show up on this island for the first time. Before th- this is the first time they're wearing this really fancy armor. That they oh have. yeah, that's right. They were not wearing it on the Isle of Bronze either. They were still like in their sort of sackcloth ship. And then yeah. on this island, they're like, "Look at our fancy armor!" Suddenly, that we're wearing to meet the blind guy. And this was after their their boat got wrecked and thrashed and tossed mm-hmm. about. So apparently, mm-hmm. somehow the armor made it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so. Now we get to this narrow strait that, like, they're like, oh, this looks fine. Yeah. <laughs> Why is this so dangerous? And uh, they're like, oh, look, here's another ship. I'm like, there's another ship? <laughs> yeah, why is there another random Why ship? is there a ship? Um, <laughs> and I'm also like, really? There's no other way to get to this place except for going through this narrow strait? Yeah. Can't go around it. It's just, it's nothing but mountain except for this one little, oh, it's essentially a river in the middle of the ocean. 
I also love the idea, and I, I didn't put this in here, but I love the idea that the the gods call it the end of the world. Right? Yeah. Like, they don't know that there's a whole other part of the world that's more than the Mediterranean. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. They really even travel that far. They mention that's the other end of the world, but it's, like, not that far away, really. It's, like, a couple of weeks, if that. Right. I mean, I, I imagine that the streets are basically just, like, the Dardanelles, you know? You, you can't, yeah. So, like, but, like, they can't be much farther than Asia Minor, right? Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, I assume that they're going from the Mediterranean to the Black Sea. I, yeah. I think that's all it is. Um, so, anyway, uh, end of the world. Um, mm-hmm. So, then they have, they, you know, they get through this obstacle. But before they do, he was like, he's like, yeah, we're going to do it. And he's like, the gods need their, want their entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. And then immediately, like instantaneously, right after he says it, cuts to Zeus and Hera. And he goes, hey, that's not nice. And then it cuts back. (laughs) Oh, okay. Zeus is like, that was meanly accurate. Yeah. (laughs) How how dare you pin me exactly? (laughs) I just just thought it was also kind of jarring to go back. Like, we needed Zeus's reaction to that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, uh, so now they've gotten through it. And and then we see the uh, the shipwreck, and everybody immediately jumps in the water because holy shit, it's a woman. Uh, yeah, I did and, love Jason jumps in the water, and then like four other guys are like, oh, oh me too. <laughs> um, the first chick we've seen, Hylas is dead, and now yeah, right. <laughs> we haven't had anything since Isle of Bronze. Um, so I I I sort of did a creepy male thing, I guess, but. I was I was just curious because it's a 1963 movie, but I, mm-hmm. I couldn't help but notice when they were pulling her. I'm like, wait, her shirt gets awfully wet. <laughs> we got like a and Rachel White situation here. So I checked, and that's what I was thinking. And I so I I went back and I paused it right on that part, and you can very clearly see her nipples. Oh well, I'm gonna have to go back, and I have the Blu-ray, so I'm gonna go high <laughs> definition nips, 1963 nips. Um. Turns out it turns out it's just Jason's ball sack that's out. <laughs> well, that was different. Um, so then we find out that her name is Medea, and I thought, oh, Tyler Perry's in this one. Yeah, this is Medea goes to goes to Thessaly. I, I thought it was Medea finds the Golden Fleece, but either way, <laughs> now that now that's a Tyler Perry movie I would watch. <laughs> um, so then you know it's like now he's finally accepted that Acostas is like uh, going to not be a good guy. Mm. You'd think that this fight would have happened by now. You know, once he found out that Peleus was the guy that he met and he sent his son. Yeah. Um, and then they get kind of a terrible fight scene together. Um, yeah, not the best. And uh, like, it's a little awkward the way that Jason like is like, aha, you're going to kill me, aren't you? Like, where'd that come from? That's what I mean. It's like all of a sudden... I know yeah. this about you, and it's like, right, but you've known, I mean, yeah. this couldn't have been addressed sooner than, <laughs> than just right now? Yeah. And then, you know, they're in an ocean. Mm-hmm. And so... He, <laughs> let's, let's not forget they're in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> and so he goes overboard, right? Okay, so mm-hmm. all sides of this boat are water, <laughs> and they send somebody in to go kill him, which I mm-hmm. thought seemed a little excessive, but Okay, you're doing that. 
that guy comes back dead, and they're like, well, we never saw him come up, so guess he's dead. He's and I'm dead. thinking, like, is there really no way that you would have seen him come up? Like, I feel like that's kind of a plot hole here, because, like, you're in the middle of the ocean, and you can look, you know, miles on every mm-hmm. side of you, and somehow he's made it to this other country. Which, by the way, I didn't know there was going to be a country at the yeah. end of this. Yeah, it's so, like a whole other kingdom or something, you know? It's like another kingdom, and they're just going to take the fleece from them? Why are the gods like, go take that fleece? <laughs> you can have it. It's yours now. Yeah, there, Jason has no real good reason that he should get to have the fleece. He's got a motivation to take it, but he has no reason that he should have it. It's just theirs. They haven't done anything wrong. They're not waging war against them. Yeah. It would be like some, somebody just shows up and takes your shit. You know, like you can see why King Aitus, or I don't know what his name was, but you can see yeah, why he's annoyed. Right. He's like, you're yeah. going to our fleece, aren't you? And he's like, I yeah. think he's got a pretty good reason to be annoyed. Yeah. So, um, um, I don't know. It's... But then, they, I, they... again, when I was younger and I saw this, I was just like, oh, they got to take the fleece. But, like, there's no, there's no, you know? Right. Right. Well, anyway. So, I, we see Medea again, and I'm just like, Wow, this uh, this woman, she's got a nice body. This is a cool, I mean, so I was like, hello, Medea. All right, Nancy Kovac. She would have been into you in the 60s. Yeah, she's the first woman in the movie, basically, aside from Paris. So yeah. it, it might be like the, the sailors. You know, you're just a little, you've just been at sea for a while. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe that's what it was. Um, and then, you know, she's like deciding to help Jason. Because mm-hmm. um, you know they they've met for about twenty minutes now, and clearly it's she loves past, him. It's past time for them to be in love. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like Jason, man, stage five clinger here, but yeah, for real. Yolo, she, you ought to look out. I and she's praying to her goddess, you know, like I love him. <laughs> I, know. Like, I know. Do you really love him? Like, seems, all right. Seems quick. I'm. Uh, I speaking of her looks, I. Uh, I think it's funny because it seems like in when they were making movies and TV shows in the 60s-ish, if they needed a woman to look exotic, they just gave her cat eye makeup. And that's it. That's right. all they ever had to do. Right. They don't actually they don't actually cast anyone who's actually from anywhere. Just make sure she has dark darkish hair and then just give her some, you know, smoky eye kind of makeup and uh she's exotic now and she's yeah. poor. <laughs> um so so now we've got um, we've 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 Acostas has double crossed them. Although uh, you know, I don't know if that's really a double cross. I think he single um, crossed them. I think he crossed yeah, them. exactly. Um, like a one and a half cross. <laughs> um, so you know, the king of the golden fleece, whatever his name is, throws mm-hmm. him into jail, and they all get out of jail because of Medea, and yeah. uh, and then the king is finding this out. Uh, he throws like a cup or something and there's no sound. It just never landed. It is still going. You know, speaking of, of, of similar things that don't make a heck of a lot of sense, the part that got me was just quick when they're like feasting the Argonauts, right? This is just before the one and a half cross. Right. Um, and King, I, uh, it, he was like, hail the Argonauts. Yay! Well, let's all drink and things. But also, I know you're going to take the fleece. Arrest <laughs> the Argonauts. <laughs> like, wait a second. Why are we trying to fool here? Yeah. yeah it, it wasn't like he had to lull them into a sense of anything. It's just you, should, you could have just arrested them. <laughs> Whatever, though. What do I know? Yeah. Um, 
That's why I'm not the king. And then, so, yeah, right. So then we've got, uh, I couldn't help it, but, like, they do close-ups on that king's face, and I'm like, and the guy that he's talking to, and this hat is clearly just, like, yeah. like a mitt uh-huh. thing. And then the hair and facial hair are just yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, the the beard is is a bit strange. I'll admit to that. <laughs> um, there's a part later with his hat when they're try, when they're going to like confront Jason over the fleece. Yeah, he walks forward, but the frame is such that there's a branch at the top of at the top of the frame, and he's walking forward, and it looks for all the world like the branch is going to knock his hat off. Oh, really? I missed that. I was swear. I was like, "Are they purposely framing this so it looks like his hat is just gonna hilariously be knocked off?" Because <laughs> that would be such a weird little moment where he's like, "Oh shit, my hat." <laughs> um. So. So yeah. So then he fights. Uh, oh, what's the thing called? The Hydra. Hydra. So. Um, In kind of an anticlimactic fight. It was. Yeah, I would say it was not. Um, Harryhausen's best. No, I, I I got the feeling that the uh, that was like a little bit of an afterthought model. Yeah, maybe so spent, too. Spent all that time on that on the skeletons that he was like, oh, he's like, fuck this, I'm not doing any more of this shit. Yeah, and he's got to move all those different heads. And I thought it was interesting though because like every time Hercules is shown fighting the Hydra, he's trying to cut off all the heads and they keep growing back, right? I enjoyed the fact that Jason avoided that entirely. Right, he just, <laughs> just yeah, stabbed it in the heart. Yeah, he's like, why fuck with the heads? There's obviously more than I can handle. I'll just stab it. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. So um, well done, Jason. So, and Acostas is there randomly. I guess he was trying to steal the fleece, mm-hmm. I suppose. Um, so, you know, the Hydra's got a hold of him. Mm-hmm. So now he's killed. Jason's killed the Hydra, and Medea, Medea, whatever, is there with him. And then they're like really concerned about Acostas. <laughs> yeah, like they'd spend a lot of time over there being like, "Oh my God, is that? O- is he okay? I think he might be dead." <laughs> I really, this feels really bad to me because, like, I was gonna kill him earlier, and then he <laughs> ended up not being dead and almost caused us all to die. But now, like, I, f- I feel like a little bit of a kinship. Yeah, well, I, maybe it was more like he wanted to kill him. So he's like, quick. It's like when they, you ever see like, ever hear a story about a uh, a death row prisoner who, who commits suicide? So they bring him back to life. Like they, they do life-saving techniques just so they can kill him later. I haven't heard that, but that I could see that happening, which is like pretty fucked up. <laughs> yeah, maybe that was it. Jason was like, oh, I wanted to kill him. Yeah. Somebody do CPR <laughs> so I can kill him. Yeah. Um. um Good. No, I don't know. <laughs> I got mellow. So uh, the other thing that I thought was kind of fascinating was like, so the whole idea of the Golden Police, right, is it's supposed to bring pe- peace and prosperity, mm-hmm. right? And so this peaceful kingdom has had the Golden Police for, what, centuries at this point? Yeah. Um, they're awful quick to resort to violence. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they're peaceful. Why do they have weapons? Yeah, well, to have peace, you must prepare for war. You know what I mean? Right. Slash so be ready to... Thinking. Well, the Golden Fleece protects you from war, but it doesn't protect you from, like, 12 guys who are trying to sneak in and steal it, is the problem. That you have but to how does it protect about. you from war? Because that's, like, kind of what would happen, right? If you had something so valuable, then people would be coming to try to take it. Now, you could make, like, a point about it being, like, poetic, like, you know, be careful what you wish for kind of thing. I guess. 
I don't think the movie quite makes that point. But no. <laughs> um, I just thought it was odd that they were just like, immediately violence. <laughs> peace and prosperity and immediate violence. <laughs> yeah, they're peaceful because they strike first always. Yeah. Um, so the king is a little bit over the top. I would a say little. in his acting. A little overacting. With his hydra team. Kill, kill, kill them all! Mm-hmm. I like it. I think it works. I also loved the... Okay, the skeletons are cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved the way they came up out of the ground. Like, all that stuff, pretty mm-hmm. neat. Mm-hmm. But the suspense that's trying to be built with them walking towards the Argonauts mm-hmm. um, and us, and then us cutting to the close-ups of like the Argonauts, who are weirdly not really that freaked out by skeletons <laughs> coming at them... And then the king, who is like gonna come any second, is, he's, like, he's like, "Where's my drummer?" Yeah, <laughs> I can't come without my drummer. Um, <laughs> I just was like, "What in the world?" I thought in the same vein, the 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 suspense that they were building when they're waiting for the skeletons to jump up out of the ground. Yeah, and, and yeah, the king's exactly. like, "There and another," and it's like, "All right, can we just get?" Can they all come up at once, maybe? I know. I was thinking that too. A little faster. If you're gonna do seven of them, make like make it like two to three per. You know. Yeah, you can't just do one at a time at really long intervals while the king, you know, pants excitedly. Yeah, and then, and then the the skeletons finally start running at them. Mm -hmm. But as they do, they just. (laughs) Yeah, I know the sound. Oh, it cracked me up. I started laughing out loud. I just was like, what? Talk about shrill out of nowhere. Just Jesus. Sound effects guy needs to come up with something more skeleton-like. He's like, we have these leftover harpy noises that we didn't use because they were too unpleasant. Yeah, I just, uh, I, I was like, what in the world? Kind of takes you out of it, doesn't it? Um, yeah, a little bit. But the fight scene was awesome. Yeah, the fight scene was really good. Uh, we were actually wondering while watching it um, whether maybe they uh, filmed the actors first or had the actors try to match the the uh, stop motion. And it turns out that they did the actors first, which I think made more sense. Yes, definitely. probably a bit easier. But uh, it's also I think it a lot would have looked worse if they had done it the other way around. Probably, yeah. yeah. It reminds me though. Remember this exact kind of ending fight with uh with Rick in uh um the mummy. Yeah. It's very and, similar to that. And even with that one, that one also you, well I can't done. Yeah, I can't remember. Did you say that they had him him do the fight first and then match yes. it up to that in the same and way? And then they matched it up, yep, exact yeah. same way. Well, there you go. It's an established technique now. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. I didn't even think it's funny, I didn't even think of the mummy, but it would have that's a perfect correlation. Um, I, yeah, I did think it was funny that we kept panning to the King's ridiculous face, but, um, I think it would be fun now to have, to have somebody produce a sequel to this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's sort of begging for a sequel, isn't it? <laughs> because, yeah. well, well, first actually, Jason, not the best tactical mind, it would seem because I don't know if you noticed, but he doesn't actually defeat the, the skeletons. He just jumps in the water. Why, how, can you defeat the skeletons? Probably not, but the thing is is that they waited fighting long enough 
that for that others other, to die. Yeah. Yeah. The other two guys died. They could have just jumped in the water to begin with. Right. Just no been kidding. like, well, this is fucked. We're going to get out of here. Yeah. I also wasn't thinking, and I'll get this, I'll get to this in the rank, but I also was mm-hmm. like, so the King's like, you got to kill Jason and these other two guys. We'll let the others escape with the fleece. Yeah. Yeah. The fleece isn't even there. They already have the fleece on the ship. So what is the point of this? Yeah, like, you need something better than these skeletons, unless they're just taking revenge on Jason at this point. Right, exactly. And meanwhile, um, the king and his soldiers don't die, so they see Jason get away, and they're just like, well, shit. I know, they're, like, all waiting for these seven skeletons to do the work. It's like, yeah, isn't your army bigger than seven? You should probably get a ship and, like, go chase them, don't you think? Yeah. I. It's it's very bizarre. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I, that's that's the end of the movie. I mean, it's basically you know it ends with him being really happy with Nancy Kovac. Yeah, uh, it's it's so such a bizarre little ending. We've noticed that older movies, action movies, tend to end more abruptly. Yeah, they're just kind of over. Um, this one, they they at least tried to have that little that little bookend with Zeus and Hera. You know, right. where she says the game's over, and he says, "No, I have other plans for Jason." But it's just like they're setting up a sequel that never comes. So right, exactly, and so it, it feels kind of unfinished. It yeah, it definitely does. And we'll, we'll I think we're going to talk about that when we talk about the ranking. So mm-hmm. let's move on to the rank. Yeah, um, let's do that. So for those of you who have listened to this far into the episode and still don't know what the rank is, um, we're going to rank the movie based on ten categories: story, acting, originality, action sequences, chase and fight scenes, uh, film coherence, hero appeal, villain appeal slash hatred, supporting characters appeal, and the final showdown. Mm-hmm. So we rank it on a scale of one to five: one being the worst, five being the best. And we start with story, and I'll go first. I actually give story a five. Oh really? Um, yeah, I just what's better than an old Greek epic? True, it's true. Like the original story, you know. So mm-hmm. I I really enjoyed the the story. I mean, you know, while we were talking about it, obviously there's some parts of it that probably don't make as much sense. Mm-hmm. Maybe it shouldn't be a five, but mm-hmm. oh, whatever. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, uh, similar for me. I gave it a four. Um, I I. I it, this it felt a little clunky in places where it was a little bit more like just episodic I guess not everything felt quite like it like we're just going to take this side thing to the Isle of Bronze and then it's a whole big part that frankly he wasted three wishes or whatever on it and <laughs> lost two crew members at least and the ship was all messed up so kind of a kind of a bummer like I guess they needed the water and everything but anyway point is is that um. That's probably like an ancient Greek thing, though. I think that those were sort of more collections of stories. Like you look at the Odyssey, right. sort of, and then this happened, and then this happened. But I'm that's actually why I only, only gave it. Oh, you're changing yours? Yeah, I'm going to change it to a four point two five. Well, after talking about it and everything, and what we, I just, it doesn't. I don't think it makes sense for it to be a five. It's not perfect. So okay, fair. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt yours. No, it's just kind of clunky. Was all, but I, it's probably on purpose in a way well the next one is acting mm-hmm. and uh that's that's you go ahead i'm gonna go ahead and give acting a, a 2.75 i think it's okay the, the acting is basically what you, what you want it to be i think yeah yeah i mean i gave it a three so i you know i i felt pretty similar I, i'd say the acting wasn't terrible but it was you know by no means great um 
You know, I'm tempted to make mine higher, actually. Sure. I think I might, yeah, I'm going to up it to a three because I, I had like settled on three at first and then changed it. So I'm just going to do three. Same, same, same as you. It's fine. You know, it's a little, I didn't notice the dubbing either. So yeah, me either. I'm confused why they felt it was necessary to dub. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like it's this, this constant thing with um, movies portraying ancient history that they all have to have a British accent. I know. What is that? I never I understand. All of, very all of Rome, every place is just, they're all British always. These yeah. damn British actors taking all the roles. I know. And I feel like at this point, if you were to see a movie or a story, because um, you wouldn't see a story, but you see a show mm-hmm. about ancient Rome or ancient Greece or anything, and they were speaking with American accents, I feel like you'd be put out of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think you would be too. Same thing, which is ridiculous. Yeah, the same thing happens with fantasy. If like you, uh, like even just in video games or something, everybody always has to have a British accent. In right. the the Dragon Age video games, I find it interesting because all the dwarves have American accents or North American accents at least, and I'm always like, why do the dwarves have just have American <laughs> accents? I, I don't know, but I like the fact that they do. But anyway, well, I so you know, there was a so as far as the acting is concerned, there's I think there's quite a bit of overacting in it. Um, but I do think some of what I feel is like the poor acting is actually, mm-hmm. it might be poor direction. Yeah, that might be too. The, the so. editing and everything else, like we were talking about with jumping to their faces and stuff. Exactly. Exactly. It's like if you're the actor and they say to like, you know, do a tormented face and you do, and you don't realize that they're filming you in close up always or something like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> you might, you might've been doing more than you had intended to do. And it's just sort of an older, uh, you know, more theatrical, Right. Kind of, kind of acting. But like this is just around the time method acting would have been becoming a, an important thing. Yeah. That's Marlon Brando was starting to, mm-hmm. well, I guess he, he had already become a thing in the fifties, but that was, yeah. I think he kind of changed the way acting was yeah. in film. Um, but anyway, so on to originality. So that's mine next. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually found this to be a really tough category. Yeah. Um, I gave it a 2.25. Mm-hmm. And my reasoning for this is because it's the original story. I mean, it's one of the first stories ever, right? Yeah. So it feels hard to not give it an originality that's better. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was such a huge spate of these types of, of movies during this time. It was like yeah. constant. Like even while this one was being filmed, they were trying to beat another one to to market, and they actually had to change the name of this one to Jason and the Argonauts because Jason and the Golden Fleece was taken. Really? Yeah, it was released like four months or three. Or I don't even know. It's like recent. It was really close to the release. I didn't even know um, that. So, um, you know, I gave it a bump for the effects because mm-hmm. uh, I I think the use of the effects and the way they were used is original. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the movie itself isn't very original. And on top of that, I don't think that they were trying to be original. I think they yeah. were like, these movies are big right now. Let's make another one. Mm-hmm. So no, same, same with me. I gave it a 2.75, uh, pretty much the same reason. Cause it like you just, the last point you just made there, like you kind of have to, if you're making one of these movies, especially as they're all coming out, you kind of have to have kind of a greatest hits almost kind of mentality to it. Right. We need we need the, this section. We need the, this kind of scene because that's what people want. And that's what they expect. So, 
So it's almost like a Marvel movie today where it's got to have certain certain qualities to it. Otherwise, people are going to be like, eh, well, I don't like it as much. Right, exactly. Exactly. Well, so next one is action sequences. And that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's you. Go ahead. I gave action sequences a four and a half, which might strike you as a little high given that some of the stunt work and everything was a little like not necessarily so so great but um i think it's about as good as you can get given what they were doing yeah i mean so i actually understand where you're coming for from on this um these it was these were all kind of hard for me because you know i'm looking at it through the lens of you know 2023 right Mm -hmm. so I was trying to decide, do I rank it based on the time that it's in, or do I rank it based on how I feel now? Mm-hmm. And I went with how I feel now. Because okay. in the end, I'm thinking like, okay, so if we're looking for um, the best action movie of all time, mm-hmm. right? And I end up giving higher scores because of the time frame it's in. I don't know that I would agree that it's the best action movie of all time. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. I said, anyway, so I went with 3.5. Okay. Which I, I don't think it's bad. No, um, pretty good. So, and I, and I bet that if I were ranking this in 1963, I would have gone much higher. Yeah. Um, but as I said, viewing it through the lens of modern film, it just, it brings down the ranking a little bit. I think, um, the, so the, what I decided was, is I, what if I took this movie right now, and I put it into theaters today. Yeah. I wouldn't think it was very good as far as action sequences. Mm. Right. Yeah, I get you. No, but yet you have to do context. So I gave it a little, I, I gave it a boost because of context because it is 1963. So um, I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't find a way to go higher than that um, because of that. So anyway, I, I can tell I've struggled with it. I feel like I'm almost being unfair, but I, I feel yeah. like that's kind of the way to look at it is to take the movie and put it out in theaters now and does it hold up? Yeah, no, I get that. So the next category is chase and fight scenes, and I gave this one a 3.75. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I thought the fight scenes were better than... Well, actually, that's not true. Um, I actually thought the action sequences were better. Mm-hmm. And as we will go into this, um, I thought the choreography of the fight scenes were kind of weak and, you know, it's emblematic of the time that it was in. Mm-hmm. Um, it was emblematic of the time because they were being very cautious with each other, mm-hmm. right? You don't want to hurt your other actor. Whereas now it's, there's more filming techniques and they can make it look more real. Yeah. Um, I still didn't think there were, the fight scenes were that great, but, and, and the, the fight scene with the hydro wasn't great, but I, I liked the one with, um, Talos, not mm-hmm. much like probably more of an action sequence than a fight scene. But the one of the skeletons were so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you there's know? a reason that, that that scene is iconic, you know? Right. Um, so I actually, um, I think the choreography ended up working out really well with that because they were able to manipulate the skeletons after the fact, right? So mm-hmm. they were able to manipulate it based on what the actors did. Mm-hmm. Um it made it look better than you know the cautious low risk fights like between Acostas and Jason. Yeah. Um, that being said, I would say most of the fight scenes are pretty lacking. If you didn't have the skeletons, I would have gone two. 
Mm-hmm. But the skeleton scene is iconic and wonderful, and it brings it up. The other thing about that is I don't normally include a final showdown yeah. in, in these other categories. And we'll get into this, but there wasn't a final showdown. Yeah. This is just the last fight. So I, I, that's why I included that in the chase and fight scene. So anyway. Yeah, I went with a, with a, I went, that's okay. I went with a three. Um, I'm tempted to put it higher now, but I don't think I'm going to, cause you kind of talked me into how good the, the, the skeleton fight scene was. Right. But, um, you know, it's, it, it's, again, it's the time they don't have, they can't hire like martial artists and professional, you know, stunt men to, or stunt people to fight. Um, so it's just the actors trying to do what they can do. Right. Um, but yeah, I actually got taken out of it a tiny bit every so often because, you know, it's this is clear that people aren't actually fighting. They're just right, right. They're just like you know moving around. It's it's very it's very stage fighting, you know. Right. Exactly. And there's a yeah, lot. Of, I, there's a lot of like them aiming for each other's swords, you know. Yeah, that I I've sh- I should have written that. It, that is something that definitely took me like okay. <laughs> just you know you want to your sword at there it is right? yeah so so that's the only reason i gave it a three but still still good and tempted to go higher now but i'm not going to all right well so the next one is film coherence so what do you what do you have for that I, I, four and a half i thought it was pretty coherent um except for some of the stuff the, some we mentioned some little like why did that happen but in the moment everything flowed pretty well for me and I didn't question too much. I was just like, all right, I guess that's what they're doing. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I started with a four and a half and I mm-hmm. ended up at a four. Because okay. um, I, I was writing about it. And the more I wrote about it, I'm like, well, there's some stuff. So I thought the film coherence was pretty good. Um, there was there were definitely some cuts back and forth that were jarring. Yeah. The close-ups, as we talked about on different people throughout action fight sequences to get reactions yeah. just lasted way too long and happened way too many times. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, it's it's not perfect, uh, but it's it's very tight and it's an engaging story throughout. The one thing, though, is that I think the biggest flaw, which is why I ended up going down to a four, was that they leave it open-ended without, a, without an actual sequel. Yeah, I don't absolutely. think the film is complete. Yeah. So um, we never get to see Jason take the crown from Pelias. Mm-hmm. And so that's actually why I brought it from a four and a half to a four, because it, it, I don't think that it's complete. So. No, uh, absolutely. Um, all right. So the next one is Hero Appeal. So this is Jason, and mm-hmm. um, I gave it a three. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's our white meat hero. <laughs> you know, um, I didn't, uh, I didn't hate or love him. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I was kind of ambivalent toward him. Um, it was hard for me to root for him. And I wonder if like the weirdly preordained yet not preordained nature of the story had something to do with it. Yeah. Or maybe it was the weak fight scenes. I'm not really sure. I just was kind of waiting for him to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you have? I again, this is part probably due to me having watched it a lot as a kid. I always I thought he was just the greatest. I was like, yeah, <laughs> so I have a lot of that left over. But I can definitely see him being just very milk toast. Like, all right, whatever. <laughs> um, but I uh, I still like him. I think he's good. I gave him a four. Did I say that? I don't know. You didn't um, say it. But I... 
I like yeah. I like a lot of, I, I love Hercules as well. Like he's in there. He's he's fun and um I even thought that like I liked the way that Jason is not the son of Zeus, like usually is the case. Um I didn't I like, know that actually. Yeah, he's just the king's son or unless unless he is actually Zeus's son. <laughs> Zeus is well, no, I didn't know that the original story he's Zeus's son. I oh, I don't know if he, I don't know if he's Zeus's son and every, everybody's you know, Zeus just fucks too much. Yeah, he's he's he gets around. Drummers <laughs> are kept busy with him. Um but sorry, I, anyway. I like the fact that Hera just like took it upon herself. Like I like this plucky little mortal. Let's help him out. <laughs> Well, so next is uh, Villain Appeal slash Adrian. So. Is there really a villain? Well, that's, I, I'll let you go first. <laughs> well, I don't know. I was confused. I gave it a 2.75 because when there was a villain, I liked him. Like, I liked Talos. He was a lot of fun. And then, like, the skeletons. But aside from that, I'm not really sure. Who, I guess maybe the king there, but he's not really a villain because maybe Villain Appeal is high then because... He didn't do anything wrong, the king of, you know, Colchis or whatever it is. He was just chilling out with his fleece, and then they show up to steal it. So that's, I feel bad for him. So I'm I'm realizing in this moment, by the way, that it is definitely the Black Sea at the mm-hmm. end of the world, and it's the Caucasus Mountains. Oh, um, perfect. So th- that must be what they're talking about when they say Colchis. But mm-hmm. um, I actually considered Pelias to be the villain. Okay. Oh, right. How did I forget about him? So that's that's I gave it a three point seven five because mm-hmm. I think he's actually a pretty good villain. He's a little bit over the top as villains tend to be, but um, I actually would have gone higher for him if they had actually had him play a role in the end of the movie. Yeah, you know, oh, absolutely. Because like he killed babies, you know. <laughs> that's that's not a villainous. good guy. It's yeah. hard. It's hard to get more villainous than killing babies. Because like I genuinely wanted him to lose. Yeah, you know, like no, that's. I, I don't know how I forgot him. I'm upping mine to a three because okay. that, that makes a lot more sense. And then also, I guess, like, Acostas, you know, being, like, his stand-in villain. Yeah, he's, like, the sub-villain. Yeah. But he's, he's not very good. Yeah, well, I, I like, I thought he was slimy, so. Well, right, but, I mean, you don't see the sliminess. You just see, like, kind of looks every once in a while. That's true, that's true. So, I don't know. Well, well on, and you mentioned overacting. On the scale of villain appeal overacting, um... He was very subtle, frankly. Given compared to Lithgow, <laughs> compared to some people, <laughs> shall remain nameless. John Lithgow. This was like a really measured portrayal of a villain compared to <laughs> compared to whatever his name was. Let's move on, though. Well, so yeah. Anyway, we just we just didn't have really a villain to really root against the whole movie. So um, yeah, that's a film coherence problem, which is weird because we both gave film coherence pretty pretty good. Well, yeah, would, I guess that's true. I, I didn't think about that. Um, it would, well, but I know film coherence would also be higher for both of us if they had actually bookended the movie, you know? Right. Like, exactly. Yes. Um, I bet even the king at the end, you know, mm-hmm. are he's stealing the golden fleece, golden yeah. fleece from? I, he's stealing it from him. Yeah. So it seems fairly understandable that he'd be upset. Um, yeah. I'd be also, upset. Odd that they let the others get away with the fleece so that they could kill Jason and the other two with skeleton. It's just weird. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, but uh, but anyway, so now we go on to supporting characters appeal. Yeah. Um, and I gave that a 3.75 as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoyed the supporting characters. Um, I liked this movie's interpretation of Hercules. I liked that, you know, like he wasn't just this big jock. Um, I liked the way they played Zeus and Hera. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Acostas was a decent foil, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Argo was fun. Uh, I enjoyed the movie, but I think if we could have spent a little more time with the supporting cast, it might have been better, but maybe too long. Hard to yeah. say. Um, anyway, I, I didn't think we spent enough time with them to really be higher than what I've got it at. Yeah. But I th- thought they were fun for what they were like. I don't even remember most of their names. Yeah. Well, yeah, they most of them are like mentioned once, if that, I think. Right. Um, but yeah, I gave it a 4.75 because they everybody really worked for me. And most of the Argonauts could have gotten a little bit more time. You're absolutely right, because like, I don't even know who the two guys who died fighting the skeletons at the end are. Yeah, me either. <laughs> Whatever, there's somebody or other. But um, but yeah, like everyone else is really awesome. I really loved Zeus and Hera. Like, I'm glad they didn't have too much more of them up in Mount Olympus, but like in a way I could have had you know, yeah. more of the gods hanging out, just chilling, doing god stuff. Um, I thought Medea was really good. Um, yeah, everybody was really, and like you said, Hercules was awesome. Like, uh, I like that he was, his his hubris caused all those problems, but he's not the one that died. Right. So he, <laughs> he feels like shit about it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, really good. All right, so then we go on to uh, Final Showdown. You can go first. Well, I, I actually had no idea what to do for Final Showdown now, because I had just given it a three. But, like, you pointed out that there really wasn't any except for the skeleton fight, which kind of, you know, I right. guess that, I guess that counts, right? Well, so I'm just, you know, I'll leave it up to your interpretation. So Cause I, I want, I want to ding it for that because like that, it, that shouldn't function as the final showdown or if it does, they should have ended the movie differently. Yeah. So, so here's I'm, what I did. I'll, I'm gonna, I'll tell you what I did. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm, I was, I'm gonna go with a 3.5 to give that skeleton fight specifically credit, but also what the heck? You know, give me give me a real ending. Well, but that's not, right. But that's but that's not the skeleton fight's fault. So, right. So that so and this is why I put the skeleton fight in the chase and fight scenes yeah. category. Um, this is the way I looked at it. We had agreed if there's ever a movie that just doesn't have one of our categories for whatever reason, we would just give it a three. Okay. So I was going to do a three, but I actually decided to dock at a point. I'm going to, I gave it a two. And Mm -hmm. the reason is because they could have done a final showdown. It's not like there wasn't one because there wasn't, which this reminds me. um, I decided to change my um, final showdown for hero. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. After this, because I gave the final showdown in Hero a two, mm-hmm. um, and I'm realizing I gave it that because there wasn't a fight, mm-hmm. and I don't think that's fair because the final showdown should just be what the, the showdown is, like what the the end, how they, uh, you know, finalize the conflict. Yeah. Right. And so I ended up deciding to change that to a four because it did it did do a good job of finalizing the conflict. Right. Really Unlike well this. Unlike this. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And so this is actually what made me commit. It didn't really change the standings at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did. It just made me commit. I'm like, I need to change hero. I, I was unfair to the uh, the final showdown there. So mm-hmm. um, I, I just thought that it was a mistake. I get that they were trying to get um, a sequel, but like you could have still had that sequel by having him 
reach Pelias just on a final scene mm-hmm. and having a showdown, him winning or whatever, losing, doesn't really matter what happens, but having yeah. that final showdown. Um, and then you could have cut to, to Hero and Zeus again and been, and she, they could have the exact same ending. Mm-hmm. Like, I've got more plans for Jason. You could have still set it up for a sequel. So yeah, I there's, just... There's like, absolutely a... There's a less, you know, inept way to, to leave it open for a sequel and still give it an actual ending. Right, exactly. It just doesn't allow for any of the catharsis. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, you're like, okay, you got the police, but that's not what he's doing. The whole point of the story is for him to... Like, if you had started the movie by just being like, he's going on a journey to get the Golden Fleece, mm-hmm. which would have been a perfectly fine story as well, then the catharsis is that he gets the Golden Fleece, Yeah. right? So anyway, yeah, I gave it a, I gave it a two because they didn't have one, so mm. I don't want to give it a one. It seems unfair, but I'm going under what the didn't have one score should be because they should have had one. Gotcha. That's fair. All uh, right. Okay, well, that is the uh, the full rank. So let's let's see where it ended up. Uh, a seventy point two five. So it is point two five below Central Intelligence, mm-hmm. uh, but above Cliffhanger. Okay, okay. I guess and I see that. Yeah, I think that's pretty decent. Stands up pretty well given the difference. That it's been sixty years. Yeah. yeah, given like you know. They made Central Intelligence ten years ago or something, you know? Less than yeah, seven years ago. So yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, now I think that I definitely have a preference towards modern action mm-hmm. after <laughs> watching this. And yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying that it's bad. Like, I don't mean it like that. I just mean that I think that uh, I just think that they didn't have as much to work with, so it's harder. Seeing what they've been able to do now and yeah. then going back is just, it's a little bit harder to stay in it, you know? Yeah. I wish I had that kid's sense of wonder still where I could watch something like that and it wouldn't, it wouldn't take me out of it. I'd just be like, whoa, cool story. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really cool to watch as a kid because, you know, like Halos and everything felt, felt real. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wish, I wish that I could have watched it when I was a kid. You know, well, there you go. Introduce your kids to it. Yeah. Okay. If I can get any of them to watch it right now, no, just put put it on YouTube and they'll watch it. Yeah. Exactly. So that's the rank, and uh, Jason and the Argonauts ended up being number nine of uh, of eleven movies. So it definitely didn't end up being the best, but it's not the worst. And um, uh, and it's a bit of a it's a little crowded down there at the middle, yeah middle bottom. Yeah, the 70s are definitely, I think, well, so we have, actually, let's see, we have one, two, three, four, five 80s and four 70s. Mm-hmm. And then one one in the 60s, Cliffhanger, and one in the 50s, Bloodsport. <laughs> um, so I just want to thank um, our listener for mm-hmm. listening. And <laughs> You're the real MVP of this podcast. <laughs> If you'd like to see an updated list of our rankings, you can see that on our website at therankwithjohnandzack.com. And check us out on our next episode when we're ranking Mission Impossible, a 1996 movie with Tom Cruise, directed by Brian De Palma, that spawned an entire franchise of what we're up to eight movies now. Uh, Thank you again. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And uh, Mm -hmm. goodbye. And antiosas.
So, oh, excuse me. Nice. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, 